0: Am I high or Hello.
1: <laughs> You're high.
0: Hi. Hello. I'm Julian, and I'm Tom. We are Team Binge. Thank you for joining us for episode six of the Rings of Power. It's called Udon. I believe is how you pronounce it. <laughs> and it's udon
1: noodles. What is it? It's udon noodles. Udon noodles. I was really hungry when I was watching this one.
0: Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> We apologize for the delay. I have been out, and so we are releasing this as soon as we can, but thanks for waiting on us, all of you that did not watch the episode because you wanted to (laughs) listen to us first. No, that's not how this should work, right? (laughs) I don't know. I don't really... (laughs) I don't really. Does anyone listen to this?
1: Uh, or is this... as we've established, you don't really know how to use the technology.
0: Right. We've right. seen you tweet. It's weird that we do this. We don't even record it. I guess this could just be a phone call. I don't know that. We
1: unplug your microphone.
0: <laughs> uh, my kids are always like, "Why is he in there for an hour and a half talking to no one?" And Tara's just got to be like, "Listen, it keeps him calm. We just let your dad do it." Anyways, we're here for episode six. Uh, Tom, I'm going to start off. I really like this episode. This has probably been my favorite episode, and maybe that says more about me than the show, but I I really (laughs) enjoyed this episode. What about you?
1: No, I agree. I mean, I think this is kind of the culmination of all the setup they've done for these storylines. And it was fun to see the battles. I think this is one of the first big battle sequences we've had. We had kind of the throwbacks in the pilot episode, but this is our first real taste of action for all of our main characters who we know can kick some butt. So it was fun. I think my second watch of this, I felt a little bit more... I don't know because I was kind of reading between the lines and some of the story elements and plot pieces. I think were rushed very quickly. Sure, some kind of like time jumping about like how long it takes certain people to show up at certain places. that just happen to show up at the exact right moment. But I mean, that's just TV. That's that's just doing it for the drama. But overall, I I liked it.
0: These showrunners were like, "Hey, you guys hated season six of Game of Thrones where we rushed everything. We're gonna (laughs) do it in an episode." Uh, no, I, I enjoyed this. A lot of gore, a lot of gore. Actually, there was on the second rewatch. I was like, "All right, that's that's." Uh, I mean, that guy's bleeding into that guy's mouth. That's a little bit aggressive, but but it's um, black.
1: It's okay. Oh, it's that's okay true. It's black blood.
0: Well, it was black, and then they discover the red. And oh, spoilers! A lot of horses. Um, I think we discovered when I did the Lord of the Rings movie rewatch. I love a good like chorus singing in the background while horses run fast. There's Mm -hmm. uh, they'll get me every time, but let's (laughs) jump into it and we'll start in the Southlands where it's very dark. It's very dark. Tom, every Amazon show we've watched, have you found (laughs) it dark? Have you needed all the lights off in the room? I don't know if it's just my TV or what, but I have to turn off like every light in the house in order to see what's happening on the screen (laughs) for these. Is it my TV? Tell me it's my TV so I can go get a different one. (laughs) it
1: has some outer range vibes for sure where these sequences are super super dark and i don't know i feel like once we got to the action sequences it wasn't as bad but certainly this start was was very ominous and dark but i'm sure that's what they're trying to do with with adar here and and make him more menacing
0: sure they should just have a warning in the front they're like hey if you have any lights on in the house turn them all off because you won't (laughs) be able to see anything We discover Adar is planting these seeds before battle. He says this thing, new life in defiance of death. It sounds cool. Mm. It's kind of a cool tradition. You're planting an apple. I mean, this is how Johnny Appleseed got his start. Um, Not many people know this, but he would plant an apple tree, and then he would go kill a bunch of pioneers that were trying to settle the land. Uh, Johnny Appleseed, mass murder, one of the first mass murders if i recall right and he that's part of the
1: tale you don't hear in
0: elementary school right that's what they that's what that's what they don't want you to hear about johnny appleseed (laughs) the killer but Uh, so this is did we already know that adar was an elf did we already know that he came from that culture was that already i've been on vacation tom tell me what i missed (laughs)
1: I think we kind of established that. They did, like, that close-up shot when we first meet him of his ears and kind of, you know, showing that he probably has some elf lineage. Um, I think he also talks to Aaron Deere and they have a little back and forth about, like, oh, you grew up by this river or lake or something like that. So I think we've uh, established that but don't know the details of his background. Okay, okay.
0: So you assume when you look at someone that their physical features tell you who they are (laughs) culturally. See— I mean, this is just the difference between you and I. I don't see ears, you know? I don't see ears. I don't make assumptions based on the shape of someone's ears, what type of race they are, Tom. Because...
1: I mean, technically, orcs have pointy ears as well. But see? I guess maybe... You never know. Maybe, like... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to jump it anymore. <laughs> it I like, I like to
0: let them tell me what they are. You know, and I don't ask. I just assume, I just assume everyone's human, because human's the best um wait no that shouldn't be right anyways um right back around and i'm bad again all right um this is the orcs just before they attack i i feel like something the show is doing in kind of a cool way that i don't think i realized i think we talked about a little bit on another pod is like they are trying to make the orcs less of like a faceless, like just evil. Mm -hmm. They're trying to like point out, hey, you know, these guys, they've got souls too. (laughs) They're brothers (laughs) and sisters. Like this Mm -hmm. is like, hey, orcs are misrepresented in this story. And I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of sympathy for them because they are murderous orcs. But I see what you're doing, show. Like I, I understand um and so yeah we find out that there are lady orcs too because in his speech he says brothers and sisters (laughs) and um i mean you've got to get them down to their loincloths in order to figure out what's what but uh there are (laughs) brothers and sister orcs apparently
1: yeah i do like what they do here i mean there there's only so much you can do to try to like I don't know, demystify them because we don't going to hide from them. We're going to say humanize? That's <laughs> what I realized. Yeah. There you go. Right.
0: There you go. You're doing it again.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, because we're not like following one of the orcs and seeing like how he has a family and he's, you know, raising a young little baby orc. Um, (laughs) That would probably be a little bit more helpful uh, because they still are the epitome of evil. But yeah, they're trying. I I appreciate the effort.
0: There wasn't a scene where the orc pulls out a locket and he's like, this is my my baby girl. (laughs) She was born after we left on this uh, murderous campaign to kill all these humans. (laughs) I can't wait to get home to see her. And all the other orcs yeah. are like, "Oh, that guy's not going to make it. He just did the one <laughs> thing you're not supposed to do." But there's yeah, a I mean, lot of chanting. A lot of chanting going on here.
1: Yeah, they do the chant of the Nampot, which, of course, I had to look it up. That was I didn't really get it in the first watch, but second watch, was, like, having subtitles, so this apparently means death in old the black language, language, whatever it is, the black the, language, the black language, um, which I thought was cool because it kind of does the. Um, I think, what was it? Return of the King when uh, all the in. horses or whatever, yeah, they're doing their big ride to kind of help save everybody at Minas Tirith, I think is it. it is. They kind of do that same, they don't chant it, but they scream like death as like kind of their war cry before they go in. So Great. they kind of have these orcs doing the same thing. It's pretty cool.
0: It was so good. Theoden's speech, and then they all scream "death" and they charge. And you know there was one guy in the crowd that was like "nam pat," and then they all looked at him, and he was like,
1: uh, "What?" I
0: mean, I mean, death, death, yeah. I'm on your guys' side. Uh, someone, someone slipped. We've got a spy in our midst. It turns out. So then they all go towards the tower, and it turns out the tower is a trap. And I, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to pull this stuff apart, uh, much like the tower that falls, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a trap.
1: Yeah, I feel like you had a cute Admiral bar right here. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> like, the second you walk into this tower and there's nobody there, like, you have to, like... And he even says, I think, in a second, like, oh, I smell him. Like, the the other elf is here. Like, maybe you would take defensive positions, and not just have your guys all willy-nilly running around. But I don't know. It was still fun.
0: These guys are real casual. They're like, oh, we were coming <laughs> to a battle, but since no one's here, we're just going to hang out, relax a little bit. <laughs> and that's when they find Aaron Deer. He starts shooting people. He's doing some cool stuff. And he shoots a rope that is holding a tower up. Is this OSHA regulation? What's happening here? Only the
1: best towers are held up by rocks. Or by ropes, excuse me. It does seem like maybe it was part of the initial, like, hey, let's keep this tower up with some ropes. But after a while, you would hope that the mortar hardens or I don't know. I don't know how towers work. It's
0: like, it, it's like the government came in and condemned the tower. They were like, listen, this is inhabitable. <laughs> so we're going to wrap it with some ropes. And then these people were like, okay, if we shoot those ropes, it will collapse on them. And I do feel like you mentioned something in an episode before this. They all like mm-hmm. dramatically turn and look at the tower. And that was supposed to foreshadow that they were going to collapse the tower on these guys. But that was not a great foreshadowing because this came as a complete surprise to me. But maybe I'm just an idiot, which is
1: well, very Yeah, likely. I think I don't you even agree? know if I mentioned that, but I, I, I made what?
0: You agree. That I'm an idiot?
1: Of course. I I would never not agree with you. Um, Well, I didn't know you were actually calling yourself an idiot in that case. I don't agree, man. You're a good person. Oh, thank you. Thank you for... (laughs) Uh, But yeah, when they looked up at the tower, like, these are the kind of sequences, I think we get it a little bit later, which um, about saying that this uh, sword or hilt is a key, like looking up at the tower, I feel like is a similar kind of thing. You don't need to do it. Like, you don't need to tell us this thing's a key. You don't need to tell us that... um, the tower is gonna to be going to collapsed up the tower and kind of make yeah something like it would be cool if it was just done in the moment kind of a deal but I don't know it's just why they chose to play their hand here
0: yeah I I'm glad that they killed all of the orcs with the tower that collapsed but it turns out later on they don't kill seemingly anyone I don't know it's like you <laughs> see this scene where all the rocks collapse and all the torches go out which is a cool scene because all the people are down in the town like cheering which mm-hmm. these these people cheer so quickly at, like, the wrong times. <laughs> like, like maybe act like you've been there before. Act like you've defeated an orc army before. You don't have to cheer right away. A little, little humility in these town folk. <laughs> um, but then I was like, all right, so the, they collapse the tower. They seemingly kill all of the orcs, which they don't because the orcs come back. And their game plan was this tower... That is made for defense, that has like one causeway and a bunch of walls. We're gonna destroy that to kill these guys so that we can defend this wood town that's liable to catch <laughs> fire at any moment. I did not understand. And also, why didn't they just leave? You know, you collapse that tower, you know what I'm doing? I'm probably gonna throw them a backpack on and uh, start walking. <laughs> and <hope it. laughs> start walking.
1: I mean, my only thing to make justification for this is, like, it's a numbers game, so they use this tower collapsing to be able to dwindle their numbers, because we'd never really get a sense for how many orcs there are. We always kind of see the same, like, four or five kind of lieutenant orcs, uh, the ones that have all the dope makeup. Um, so, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, it didn't necessarily seem to make a whole lot of logical sense, uh, especially what kind of happens later with, with the town. Uh, but cool, cool, cool sequence, and I loved being able to get some deer. like, just flipping around and shutting the door behind him and all that was pretty pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it was very cool. It was uh, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch all of them die. And it was fun to watch the one guy like talk to Adar. He's like, hey, we need to get to safety. And Adar just stares at the tower as it collapses. <laughs> I think he aside. even moved that guy to get crushed. He's like, no, 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 you stand right here. And then a big block <laughs> fell on him.
1: Well, no, man, that's that's the one dude. That's like the. the oh, Waldric. That's Waldrick. Yeah. yeah, I guess he does. Mm-hmm. He
0: does last, doesn't he? It's a twist that real that uh, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. <laughs> We're then in the Sundering Sea. The Numenor ships are sailing. Isildur and Galadriel get to meet. And Galadriel does this like humble brag about her vision. She's like, oh, well, I've been staring <laughs> at land for at least an hour. But your weak human eyes, you'll be able to see it in a couple of minutes. And that was great. she asked him what his rank is, and he's like stable sweep. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's a rank. You, you probably like, you're not like, oh, I enlisted, I signed papers, and they're like, oh, what's your, what'd you sign up as? And he's like, well, I'm gonna be stable sweep, but then after two years, I'll probably get promoted to stable sweep first class and that comes with a pay bump and some other things. I, I I appreciate what they're doing here, uh but not a rank. He should have been like I'm a private, but my specialty is horse poop. And that's what he should have said.
1: <laughs> yeah, to me this is just again more like silly lazy writing and like I think they're they're they make it seem like the audience is like too dumb and doesn't understand that. Um so when this kind of comes out it is kind of silly, laughable.
0: Yeah. But I do plan on, after we hang up this, calling the US Army recruiter in order to ask if I can be a stable sweep and seeing what uh, that person says. They're like, well, if you can do this many push-ups, you can be a stable sweep. Those jobs are really hard to come by. So I may be gone for the next uh, three to four years, Tom, after this oh, podcast. Wow. Okay. Best hey. of luck. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you for your service.
0: Um <laughs> We find out that Azildur like, really wanted to get away from Numenor because it wasn't real Numenor. Like, that's where he, uh, I guess this yeah, is his Yeah, he does thing. this back and
1: forth. Yeah, he kind of says, like, you never knew if it even was Numenor. So, like, the, the idea, I think, is he doesn't have, like, the hatred towards elves as seemingly the rest of Numenor does. Sure. Uh, he wanted to kind of go back to the old school West Numenor, which we never really figured out what that meant. But, yeah, it was... I, a, a touching-ish moment between her and gladriel or him and gladriel to be able to kind of establish some sort of rapport
0: sure and then broken up by ellen deal who's like soldier and which is not, i mean that's not even his rank He should have called him stable sweep but whatever <laughs> uh, ellen deal like interrupts and galadriel's like hey whatever happened to that guy's mom is she still in the picture are you single what's kind of that's gladriel asking ellen deal like, is he open to a stepmother? What's the and Ellen deal? Is like uh, all my life I sailed looking towards the horizon, and now the sun's setting. I don't know. He gives this long answer about uh, directions and where the sun sets, and then he's like, "Oh, she drowned." And I was like, "Oh, oh, that's that was a normal conversation that a person would have. They would like get real deep <laughs> and it about." And just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, if I was Gladry, I'd be like I think Ellen Deal might have murdered Esdrel's mom. Uh, there might have been a, well, there might have been a murder here.
1: But I have a question. Their yep. motto is the sea is always right and sure. the sea murdered his wife. Sure. So I don't know here, man.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you could get a lot, away with a lot of murders if you're just like, "Hey, they drowned." The sea <laughs> C
1: is always right. C is always right. Sorry. So they did. It's their defense in court. The, like instead of pleading the fifth, you can
0: just say, "Sea is always right." And the and the prosecutor's like, "Dang it, their cases, their cases, they're going to get off It's the open <laughs> shut tight. case." Anyways, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a maritime lawyer. Not like Jared you know, Cute's story. You
1: focus. Yeah, you focus in bird law.
0: That's right um there's a quick conversation between queen muriel and ellen deal and queen's like hey tell all the ships to make you know the greatest haste and i was like aren't they all sailing together don't you want to sail at the same speed i mean what if one's like what if the niña's much faster than the pinta um or the pita i don't remember um and it's like this is where we get the Oh, it's going to take us a day to get here and then it's a day's ride to here into the Southlands. Do they know about the attack that the orcs are doing on this one tower in town? Was that communicated? Did I miss a a carrier pigeon? Did I miss uh one of those <laughs> large uh, Tolkien eagles or or the <laughs> butterfly moth thing that Gandalf mm-hmm. whispers to? Like did I miss that something cool. here? These guys seem to know exactly No, all where they they're know going. Yeah, all
1: they know or that we've been told that they know is that there's like orcs like running around in the Southlands. They don't know the type of dire situation they're in. And again, like I, I'm not going to do the deep dive into the timing, but it doesn't seem accurate in terms of like how long it's going to take them, when they set sail, what, you know, the events that are going on on the other side. But I don't know. It, it is what it is. Like, you know, they're sailing to come save them at a certain point in the battle. Like, it's just it's just kind of a, a trope. I do like where this ends, though, where you have like Muriel kind of like using the world's most insignificant magnifying glass that she just kind of <laughs> hovers over the map, <laughs> so it becomes like 0. 0.5 zoomed in, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it kind of hovers over this ominous, doomy-looking mountain, um, which uh, is interesting. Kind of comes into play here in a bit.
0: Sure. Well, it feels like you might be shaming her for not having a strong prescription um, that she has a. <laughs> she had elf eyes. <laughs> Well, Tom, they can't all get LASIK, all right, buddy? Um, anyways, we're in the Southlands. Uh, Aaron Deere is trying to beat the hilt with a hammer, and very quickly he's like... This is beyond our skill to destroy. And I was like, that's, that's a pretty like arrogant thing to say. You hit it with a hammer a couple of times, and then you're like, this is, be- this is beyond all of our skills to destroy. And it's like the blacksmith's like, hey, do you want me to take a shot at? And Andrew's like, no, I already said it. It is beyond all of our skills to destroy. And you're like, okay, you know, maybe uh, give let someone else that's a bit stronger or knows metalworking a shot, but that whatever. He's like, I'm gonna go hide this hilt. Bronwyn immediately like, hey, where are you gonna hide it? And he's like, I don't know if you understand what hiding something means, but I'm gonna go hide it, and no one needs to know. And then the mm-hmm. camera like shifts over, and we see Theoden – Theodin. Uh, wow (laughs) he wishes Uh, yeah i wish uh theo staring at them and you're like okay he's gonna know where the hill goes but Mm -hmm. you know
1: yep i'm gonna say here the eventual hiding place he picks is very dumb. (laughs) dumb go find like a rock or a tree or somewhere specific not like in one under one plank under the inn where everybody <laughs> <laughs> the
0: where everyone's gonna be. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I'll get to a my wife made a great point later on in the episode that I'll touch on with a hiding spot. But this is then where Aaron Deere gives the battle plan. He tells everyone that they're gonna live to see another sunrise if they just do their job. He's not a great liar, but maybe he <laughs> believes it. I don't know.
1: Well, he screams at everybody like multiple times, like "Do you believe it?" Which I like. That's a cool, like, rousing speech way to end it, and everybody kind of like eventually goes, "Yes, we do." Um, and I think he'd make Ted Lasso proud.
0: Yeah, yeah, he would. Make if you Ted
1: actually look in it. the background when they're in the inn, there's actually a little believe sign that's over the door.
0: Right, but it's in the uh, the black language of Mordor, so we're not allowed to <laughs> say it out loud. It's like Mahjong, is the what it says.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, Yeah. <Mah-jong? laughs>
0: Oh, mahjong. Sorry, I've got I've got mahjong on the brain. Um, I just claim I just came from my Saturday morning mahjong tournament. Um, I love a battle plan scene. It's great. It's like the show's like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, this is what you can expect to happen. Like this is what you're rooting for. This is our battle plan. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are they happen in every war movie possibly. Uh, the best one is Saving Private Ryan, which I haven't watched in a while. I think I'm going I think I'm at a point in my life where I can give it a go again without being super sad. But, um, anyways, I love a good battle plan scene, <laughs> and the um, the only thing that was missing is like a really cool model that they brief o- over, like a, a sand table mm, where they yeah. can. Uh, move all the like pieces stick
1: to point at the mountains. Yeah, and, yeah.
0: and they're like, mm-hmm. "This apple is you, and this um, wooden horse that I carved is those guys." And they're like, "It looks like a dog." And he's like, "I didn't have a lot of time to carve it." Okay, uh, we got a battle coming. The best one, actually, now that I think about it, uh, is in uh, is in Con Air, where John Malkovich does the battle plan of of, of that airstrip in Vegas. Do you remember this scene at all? Uh, Vaguely, yes. all these convicts are waiting for the feds to come and get him, and he has this like elaborate like um, <laughs> battle map that he has laid out in the sand to show them how they're going to defeat the feds. Anyways, I'm gonna after my mahjong <laughs> championship, I'm gonna go watch Conair. Theo asks Bronwyn, he's like, "Hey, I'm old enough to fight. What are you gonna have me do?" And she's like, "Oh, you have a really important job. You're gonna be in the tavern with all the old people." <laughs> And here is a sharpened, sharpened stick. Uh, good luck. And he does this thing where he's like, hey, when I was a baby, used to tell me something uh, to comfort me. And she gives this really long, like I didn't even write it down. It was so long. And I was like, no kid has the attention span to listen to that. <laughs> like you, you did not say that to him when he, was a, when he was a kid. It's supposed to be a touching moment. But I was like, My kids have the attention span of, uh, I don't know, three words, which is, hey, stop being so scared. Stop being so scared. That's four words. I would have lost them by the time I got (laughs) scared. anyways (laughs)
1: we do get like i think what she says i'm with you it's kind of it's a bit long and it's kind of poetic sure i do think they're doing more of the light and shadow talk which i think echoes what Galadriel and her brother were talking about in the pilot episode so i think we're kind of getting more of that and then kind of tying it back in which i think is cool
0: every once in a while it's like one guy who's like a fan of tolkien on the writer staff is like listen can i write this part because all the other dialogue is, uh, it's not. We'll just say it's not great. But then it's like, mm-hmm. hey, um, call, uh, call. They like make fun of him. He's like, call Tolkien Jr. over there. He can write this little part, <laughs> and he like he writes something very beautifully. It's typically like Ellen Deal gets to deliver it, Galadriel gets to deliver it, Bronwyn gets to deliver this one, <laughs> and then they're like, all right, all right, guy, go away. We're gonna do all this other cool dialogue. Um, yeah, but yeah. Anyways, Aaron Deer talks to Bronwyn about seed planting. <laughs> and Bronwyn seems to already know about this. She knows the words. She's like new life in defiance of death. I was like... Did she just come up with that off the top of her head, or does she know this? What's going on here? I
1: mean, they've been living close to elves for a long time, and obviously it's close with Arendir, so maybe this was something that she had picked up at some point, but you figure if anybody would have told her, it would have been Arendir, and he's telling her this story like it's the first time she's ever heard it, but
0: yeah. Yeah, she says the exact same words. They, very lovely moment, they touch a tree together, and he tells her that he's going to plant a seed in her, in a new garden and this just made me and oh and he's like oh by the way theo can come too i'll be his stepdad i'll take him to uh, peter piper every couple weekends um and but he can't call me dad (laughs) anyways um (laughs) eventually he can call me dad not at first it's gonna be weird but um this made me just think of the office scene where Dwight takes Ryan out uh, to haze him. And he's like, and soon I will plant my seed in you. And Ryan's like, you you don't know what you're saying. It's such a great line. Anyways, uh, a lot of seed like planting it ends,
1: Yeah, it kind of ends with... Uh, I was going to call her Arwen, but it's uh, Bronwyn kind of looking at her, him and saying, like, oh, you promise kind of a thing, which I think is kind of a silly thing to ask somebody to promise when, like, you're getting ready to go into battle you yeah. can't promise this. This made me think of uh, Team America, where he's like, if you promise me you will never die, I will make sweet love to you right now. <laughs> and he stares at camera. I will not die. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I'm
0: with you. I... Maybe this is just something as you, like... So, there are certain things you're supposed to say, like platitudes to people. And as I've gotten older, I have a harder and harder time, like, saying platitudes. Like, you know, when... I don't know. I I, I don't have a great example that's not going to get me in trouble. But it's, (laughs) like, if you... I don't know. I just have a tough time, like, not... Like, it feels like lying to me when you're like, oh, yeah, it's going to work out. And really, you want (laughs) to be like, it probably won't work out. But, you know, is probably not what I'm supposed to say in this moment. I don't know what I'm trying to get at. But if I was him, I would have been like, listen, I don't know if you're going to live or die. I mean, it's a battle. You could get (laughs) shot with two arrows, but it seems like you only get shot with one. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) the orcs show up. Uh, I guess they all survive from the tower collapsing. Um, I wish the people would have run. Instead, we're going to fight in this little Alamo of a town. But... I guess the idea is
1: like they're they're finally fighting for their land. I guess like didn't they have a, a speech at some point that Bronwyn gave about like fighting for their their lands and everything? So I, I guess that's the reason. But I'm with you. They're we're very outnumbered. Um, without the help of the uh, Numenoreans that kind of come toward the end, they would have been toast.
0: Sure, sure. You're talking about the speech where Bronwyn was like, Hey, let's all stay and fight and everyone's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah and Waldrick was like, Hey, how about we live? And everyone's like, Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds good too. Let's do that (laughs) and then half the people left. Yeah, that was a great Mm -hmm. that was a great speech. We then get everyone like waiting for the orcs to come down, and then they come down and they've all got torches, and it's kind of cool. Once again, turn all the lights off in your house because it gets dark again. <laughs> um, Bronwyn has trouble with the flint to light the cart on fire, uh, and this uh, direct result uh, of getting her partner killed. Her partner did not stand a chance. Bronwyn's like, I'm going off book, I'm going to try and cut this orc that showed up over here with a torch. And both people get their throats cut, which was kind of sad, but Bronwyn doesn't seem all that torn up about it. She like takes the torch, throws it on the cart, looks down at the lady's body and is like, hey, sorry, and then walks off. Um, she doesn't even say sorry well, thankfully
1: it's... none of the other none of the orcs saw this little mini saw battle or... going on yeah. clashing of swords and people getting their yeah. throats slit but you know no biggie. yeah
0: oh you know what I wanted to mention you brought up the speech about like fighting for our lands when uh Aaron Deere is giving his speech about like, hey, you know, we can hold this town and he's doing the battle plan. He's like, I've seen smaller forces hold off bigger forces. It can be done. (laughs) Someone in the crowd should have been like, When? Give us an example. And he would have been like, Site specific. Yeah. Yeah. What date date and year, please. And who? And what were you doing there? And he could be like, "Oh well, a hundred years ago, I was involved in a battle. There were five of us. There were four hundred of them. We all won." And they'd be like, "Okay, we believe you." And then the next scene is like, "I made that up. I've never. That wasn't even. I, I, I don't totally even, bought it. I, don't, I can't believe they bought it. They're all gonna die. What a bunch of idiots! Look at me. I'm hang gliding. Arr, I'm dead. Uh, anyways." okay so the orcs then attack and every uh, this is what drove me crazy on the second watch because I knew the reveal that's going to happen every time they show an orc dying it's like clearly an orc like there are orcs in this town there are orcs fighting Mm -hmm. there are orcs shooting arrows I got it some of them have like helmets on but then they do this like they do this reveal later on where it's like oh it was the other villagers that left in armor Mm -hmm. and like everyone's upset because every person every body on the ground seems to be human that is not how this, like, I, I did not like this. Like, the show tried to do some chicanery here, and uh, no, these were orcs. Maybe there were, like, one <laughs> or two humans, but every time they look at a body later on, it's a human. Did you get mm-hmm. what I, I, mean, you, you picking one? No. I'm putting down? Do you see the human <laughs> under the orc mask that I'm trying to reveal here? <laughs>
1: I am I was in the same way with my second watch and like it just kinda of seemed cheap. And the only thing I could kinda of pick up were like some of the deaths, like the noises that they make, like the throws as they're getting stabbed or whatever, like some sounded more orc ish and some sounded more human ish. But yeah, none of the people like, it was it was a bit silly. And we'll get to it here in a second when we actually talk about the reveal, but I think they could have done this a lot a lot better.
0: Right, because on the second watch, you know what's going to happen. So when I watched it the second mm-hmm. time, I was kind of paying attention. I was like, oh, did I just miss, like, maybe they were all masked. But no, the showed, like, there are a lot of orcs dying very clearly. To your point, it is weird that that one guy gets shot with a arrow, and he's like, human, and then he falls over. And then that one orc <laughs> gets shot, and that orc goes orc and falls over so i guess they kind of gave it away a little bit with their death groans the subtitles helped you and they're like what what did you say guy that just got and they're like oh nothing it's just an orc he he doesn't know what he's saying darendir <laughs> fights a big bad which is i don't know i enjoyed this fight it's one of those ones where he bumps into the guy and he's at like stomach height and then he like does the long look up and then they get yeah. into a fist fight,
1: I guess. This For like was... Indiana Jones style like, yeah. uh, where he stares up. Yeah. I like think he does a like the beginning of the fight. It's kind of like a breakdance fight where he's like popping off the of walls and doing cool flips. It, yep. was, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's filmed cool. It looks great. It would have been better mm-hmm. had it been like that Indiana Jones fight where the guy's like doing all the sword tricks. And then he just pulls out his pistol <laughs> and shoots him. <laughs> that would have been fun. Instead, we get some pretty gross eye stuff where this guy gets uh, yeah. this orc who has a family and probably he can't get... He's like, I can't wait to see my new baby girl orc with my right eye. This is my favorite eye. I can't wait this for it. Eye. Oh, his left eye. I can't wait for my my fatherly left eye to stare at my <laughs> new daughter for the first time and then stab, 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 stab. <laughs> pretty gross. Um, the black... And I guess this is what they were doing. They were trying to like really like let us know black blood is orcs, red blood is humans. And it seemed unnecessary, but on the second watch, I was like I was like they really want me to know all this black blood is going into Aaron Deer's um mouth and now he probably has covid because that's how you get it. Um if you're listening to this and you don't know what covid is, God bless you. Um go look it up. I hope I hope it doesn't exist when you listen to it. Uh, But Bronwyn kills this guy, stabs him through the throat, even though logistically Mm -hmm. she is much shorter than him and would not be able to strike downward through his throat. But I don't know. (laughs) Uh, That's a silly thing to be bothered by, but I was. There's a little
1: crate on the bottom, a little step stool. Oh, she gets off a step
0: stool. (laughs) It's It's got wheels on it. Uh, you see, a, she you could
1: s- tell that Aradir can can hold that little piece of uh, shiver of wood, you know, half an inch from his eye for at least ten, fifteen seconds. So she's yeah. like, "Oh, okay, let me like, go ahead and get this step stool."
0: Yeah, she she pushed it over. She's like, "Oh, this one's not tall enough." She went and got a different one, <laughs> swapped it out. <laughs> Everyone cheers because they've won, because that's what happens right after a battle. You're not, like, upset Mm -hmm. that your friends died or anything. You're just like, yeah, we won, clearly. No one's wounded on the ground. You're either dead or alive. Like, that's what I, well, (laughs) I guess there was an orc that talked that was wounded. But all the other, like, every human that's killed in this, nope, no wounded. They're not like, hey, Mm -hmm. we used to be neighbors. Uh, you, You took off my leg. It's but a flesh wound nope i was like dead. guy
1: rabbling in the crowd i was rabble rabble number three
0: <laughs> i'm not dead yet um yeah red red is human blood not black they were all people not really maybe a couple i don't know why are they sad that's the other thing like these guys betrayed them and then they attacked the village even if they were all humans i'd be like they were coming to kill us i don't i don't i don't yeah, feel bad I mean, about this i don't know
1: it's they're they're not far removed from their like i don't know like i guess you could say like they're still their neighbors they're still their friends and that kind of thing like sure they made the decision to bend the knee but i think there's some people that made didn't make the decision to bend the knee and fight that might have thought both ways so but my, my my go ahead
0: oh i was just gonna say i'd kill the human people harder than i'd kill the orcs because i'd be <laughs> like you were on our team you abandon us, and now you're coming back to attack us. Come like to attack. That's, that's worse. Fair. You're like I would mm-hmm. be more upset with those guys. I'd be like these orcs. I don't know. And, but that's just me. I don't see. I don't see different races, Tom. You know, I don't <laughs> see the difference between humans and orcs. I'm just a guy. You know, whatever they want to be. I don't know. Very accepting of orcs and humans. But I'd kill those humans harder because they are. They <laughs> were. They betrayed us. Okay, Did I fair. bring it back fair around? Fair. Did I get there now? You always you always do my
1: friend um but so here's my big gripe and i feel like this would have been so easy to do when they eventually like okay he puts his hand in it's it's red blood okay we figure out it's a human and he does that reveal where he yanks his mask off and he goes straight to his face and we're supposed like what i thought is like Oh, this is somebody I'm supposed to know exactly who this is. Like, this could have been a perfect opportunity to be like that Rowan character or whatever yep. that they've kind of killed in the other episode. Have it be somebody recognizable. Sure. So you take off the mask. We're like, oh, that's who that is. I didn't know what they were trying to do until 10, 15 seconds later when they kind of do this exposition and say, oh, that's what we are killing. We're killing bad guys. Like, right. it was it was, was sillyly shot. I think it could have been cooler.
0: Yep, I agree. And like, everyone all of a sudden is making the same uh same conclusion they're all pulling off masks and like they're all like oh no oh no no and then they cut to one guy and he's like oh no i smashed the tomato that was in my pocket during the battle (laughs) and they're like hey we got bigger things going on over here and he's like but it's my tomato anyways they weren't fighting their own they were fighting orcs but the movie tried to Um, I don't know. Maybe these people are shapeshifters. Who knows? Maybe that's what we just discovered. Those people could shift into orcs, and now they become humans once you kill them, just like that werewolf that Dwight killed on his uh, property (laughs) that turned into a dog by the time he got to it. Uh, There's your second office reference for those of you playing bingo. You're welcome
1: all right but like you mentioned this scene kind of like ends or like one of the orcs is kind of still alive and he kind of makes a thing about like oh we're coming to get you kind of a thing and the humans had to pay the blood price or whatever and then that's where we start to get some arrows kind of shot in so like this is where i felt like you got a cue legolas it's like diversion <laughs> yes
0: yes we need orlando to look off in the distance and tell us what's happening i agree that would have been great Uh, Instead, they just get attacked by arrows. I thought Bronwyn got shot twice, but then they only deal with one arrow. I I think maybe Mm -hmm. it was just so dark. Um, I do like that they shot her. You know, this is not a show that seems like it's going to, you know, not that they do kill her, but um, they damage a main character. I appreciate that. Ups Mm -hmm. the stakes a little bit. And Mm -hmm. um, this leads me to the biggest question of the podcast. Tom, talk to us about. Uh, Arrow wound treatment. Is that the same as bowstring (laughs) wound treatment? You're the one that I... I don't know. uh, You're the only person I I know that's been wounded more by (laughs) bow and arrow than anyone else. So... Uh, talk to me about this Listen,
1: it's not it's not the arrow that gets you it's the string it's the, the string. string people people don't know this but the string is the most dangerous part of a bone arrow
0: statistically more people each year are wounded by the string of a bow than the arrow of a bow that's probably that's not how, a lie
1: this is how i hunt I, I i capture an animal i tackle it and then i put it by my bow and i just fling the bowstring
0: you give it your bow you're like hey dear use this and then it's like okay and then it slaps it slaps itself with the string and then it's down good for you tom good for you you're a good sport we go from here speaking of wounds we go to old triage uh, tavern where everyone is uh dealing with the wounded and the orcs are marching in i guess more orcs are marching in to uh to really finish them off
1: I appreciate them taking their, their time so we can get this good triage scene.
0: Yeah, yeah. We get the... Uh, listen, I don't want to call it lazy riding, but it's like, hey, I've seen every like war or battle movie. We're going to have you have to bite on something. Uh, we're going to have <laughs> to force an unwilling participant to help dress the wound. And we're going to do some cauterization because all of those things <laughs> are like... I don't know. Maybe that's just what you have to do with every... Tom wounds with arrows when you slapped your wrist. we did. That's funny. We did make you bite on something. Um, and we got my that was kid...
1: Just, that was just when I applied the ice. The ice was so cold. I had to right. bite on something.
0: I was like, I told my son, I was like, hey, grab that burning log. And you were like, I don't think... I mean, it's just a bruise. I don't think... And we're like, we're going to cauterize it. And then my son shoved that burning log into your arm and I think made it worse, but you're okay now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a cool scar.
0: And you can't use that arm, but it's all right. It kind of looks like
1: the shape of a mountain.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. You're Sauron. We don't know who anyone is, but you're Sauron. (laughs) A uh, tale as old as time. This uh, this ah, triage.
1: So that's that's what that English lady was singing about in Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Okay. Card rising yes. wounds. Yes. Okay. Good. Good.
0: Uh, and then she went out and solved murders. Um, <laughs> Who? Here's what they should have done. They should have grabbed that bow because he's got to like break the end of the arrow and pull it through her. What mm-hmm. they should have just done is grab the bow. Put that arrow on the bow and shot it the rest of the way through her. <laughs> that that was what I was thinking would have worked. But once That's again, you're the expert. The orcs are <laughs> outside. We get once again. We cut back to that cool horror movie element where the lady's like staring mm-hmm. out the window and one flashes across. And I was like, oh, it's those aliens from Signs. Um, <laughs> my wife mentioned at this point during which I did not catch this. The blood is like dripping. They do a lot of blood dripping and it's onto the like floorboards mm-hmm. or through the floorboards. And she's like, Oh, the blood is going to the hilt that he hit under the floor. And I was like, Uh I did that thing where you're like, Oh yeah, good idea And I was like, That's not what's happening right now. That's a really you're not right. But she was right because the hilt was buried <laughs> under the floor and I was No, wrong. that was brilliant. I think
1: I think it would have been cool. Like that's a very uh good catch. I feel like If a little bit of, like, smoke maybe would have, like, popped up from the um, thing, that would have been kind of cool, too. Like, the blade is starting to grow or whatever. Right. Uh, But that's a fantastic observation. Three internet points for uh, Tara.
0: Or the blood, like, kind of moved, like, not naturally. Like, it was kind of being sucked into a different direction. I don't think they did any of Mm -hmm. that. But maybe she watched it before we watched it together. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. That's probably... Her dishonesty is probably more likely than her just guessing at that. Right? Is that?
1: Well, if she was dishonest, then she gets five internet points.
0: Okay. Yeah, so she can have those. all the internet points. She's a smart lady. All right. Adar's back, baby. He's walking through the fiery town. This this actor does this part really well. He looks great. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's more Nampat, you know, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nampat. Nampat. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to get Nampat tattooed on my neck
1: this is where you get that very quick cut to kind of help reminding us that the the help is coming right
0: oh yeah 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 this is the numenor calvary charge i think this is kind of what you were talking about time jumps right because these guys Mm -hmm. would have had to land boats uh unload all their stuff uh separate the black horses from the one white horse everyone get (laughs) on said horses and then ride at full gallop for a day, which mm-hmm. is not how horses work. Um, <laughs> it would have been funnier if the next scene they would have just been all on there, uh, all walking. And they're like, man, I can't believe all those horses died because we tried to gallop them for a day straight. Uh, other than, And then Galadriel's on her white horse because I'm sure that horse is like magical. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, they galloped those horses for a long time and they're they probably would have died. Spoilers for horse people. Sorry if that triggers you. <laughs> horse people. <laughs> Adar enters the tavern. Everyone, like, they grab all the people, and they've got, like, swords to their throats, and they're all threatening them. And I wanted to know, how do the orcs know which non-main character to kill? Because he doesn't really, like, direct <laughs> them. It's just, like, all of a sudden one orc slowly stabs. Um, that one gentleman who' super surprised to have a sword run through him, and that orc ran that sword through him like kind of a slow, kind of a mean way. It was like like the guy had to watch it like very slowly happen, and like my thought was, what if an orc gets it wrong, like the orc stabs? I don't know. Uh, Aaron Deer immediately or Theo immediately like and then Adar's gotta be like no not that guy he knows where the hilt is I told I told you when we walk in the tavern if I wink with my left eye it's kill that person if I wiggle my nose it's kill that guy like there's so much non like verbal communication happening that I don't know do these orcs read minds Tom explain it to me well you, the floor is yours
1: they're there are only three characters that we really know of the human race here. Like it's Erendir, it's Bronwyn, it's Theo. Like everybody else is just ancillary characters. There's nobody else that they're kind of like, sure. you know, lieutenants or helping them out, I guess. Um, but like when when Adar says like, yep, kill the other ones, boom, immediately orcs kill. When they says to like, oh, kill the the Ar- or Bronwyn, who's on the table, for some reason the orcs take their sweet time, don't really do yep. it, and they have to kinda of wait and like do it long. So like again, kinda of silly. Um, but you know, it's the catalyst for Theo to say, listen, didn't really care much about those other people dying, but Hey, don't you be killing my mom. Yeah. Here's the help.
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that guy on the ground, he's got that sword in his stomach. He's like, why didn't you tell him earlier? <coughs> I, I, what about me? He's like, I, I gave you that apple and then I was going to give you the tomato <laughs> in my pocket, but it got smashed. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I uh, this this happens in movies all the time where I'm just like, how do the bad guys know which one to kill and which one not to kill? Uh, but mm-hmm. you're right, Theo gives up the hilt because he doesn't want his mom to get decapitated. Her kappa from her detated. That's number three. <laughs> uh, for those of keeping score, but she then does look, leaves. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, Bronwyn looks great on that table she's like she's she looks great she's like kind of laid out she's covered in blood she's like she's almost like stretching her neck out so that's like hey if you're gonna cut it off make sure you don't like hit one of my cheekbones which are so (laughs) lovely i don't know i thought she looked great in that scene
1: yeah after being on her deathbed and like not moving for a good 20 seconds she's she's doing great now (laughs) Got all that pink back in her face looks great looks lovely but as the scene ends, you get Adar like, walking out with the hilt. And I, and I didn't catch this probably the first time around, but this is like knowing what the reveal is, LADAR, or <laughs> Ladar with Adar. Um, he, he tells Waldrick.
0: <laughs> oh, man, all right. Everything has Waldrick to rhyme with he... the character's name for now on. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, those of you that are going to listen to us so, for the next hour. <laughs>
1: Uh, But he tells Waldrick that he has a task for him, which we know later is him giving him the hilt and then him going away. Um, And then him creating some sort of diversion hilt bag thing that is being chased for the rest of the
0: scene. Yep. Yep. I didn't catch that either. I don't even think I got it on the second watch. I was just like, oh, more (laughs) nonverbal communication between those. Or it just happened off camera. I don't know. Numenor shows up at a dead gallop. Uh everyone in the battle seems to know what's happening. They're like, Oh, this village is being attacked by orcs, like uh everyone's in the tavern. I don't know. There's no it doesn't matter. Um <laughs> friends, they fight orcs. What are these guys' names? It's like Valandir and O Otomino. Osimus. Otomino sounds like a character out of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> like every time they say his name, I'm like, that's not a character from this world. Um, hey but like, what's
1: his face he, he listened to uh, Gladriel's training right he did the stab twist and gut
0: swab, uh, stab twist and gut so good so good it. these guys went from um, flunkies for the Sea Org and now they're like battle hardened warriors I don't know it seemed real quick but uh, I don't live in this world so it doesn't matter I did think it was interesting that Queen miriel's like watching the battle and she's like alright, Isildur, you can go in there now too. Don't <laughs> die. And he's like, he's the only one out of her like, uh, I don't know, entourage Garrison. that's on that hill. Yeah. He's like, yay. I, Isildur would have been, what if he's like, well, you know, it looks like they kind of have it under control. You know, I'll, I'll just hang up a pee. Oh, oh, it looks like your horse might need to go. You know, and I'll hang out and, and I'll help with that. Uh, I don't now, know. What
1: about the horse poop, man? You need, you need a, like a good queen horse pooper. Uh, but it does need to be said, uh, uh, the queen looks fantastic with her like, oh, sweet little like battle yeah. helmet kind of thing, like the sun and her armor. She looks dope.
0: They all look great. They all look great. They all look like they rode straight from Atlantis uh, to this world, <laughs> and I waited for um, Aquaman to show up at any moment because all their armor <laughs> looks like scales, but that would make sense if they're like a seafaring uh, people. Anyways. Deal gets saved by Halbrand. They like handsomely nod at each other, a wink. I don't know. Maybe they bump fists, <laughs> bump groins. I don't know. Uh, Adar runs with the hilt. There's a great uh, horse chase scene. And I have decided that Halbrand and Galadriel will be called Halindriel. Um, And they chase him <laughs> as a team. And I will be saying Halendriel... Uh, unironically and without stumbling over it for the rest of the podcast when referring to the two it's of just, them i mean
1: by the way fantastically done but Thank i feel like you. it's just it's haladriel i think you were adding like an n in there we don't need an n okay Haladriel. i don't but think you nailed it. i don't well think
0: it's fair that you've taken what was rightfully mine which is the name <laughs> i made up and said it better that's unfair Listen, i
1: just improve on your ideas this is what good friends do Mm. Oh,
0: I would. Have I do appreciate thought of us more as acquaintances, but that's fine. <laughs>
1: go ahead, I, I interrupted. In Tom scene. was it?
0: Is it Tom? Tomas? <laughs> yeah. Timothy? Um, Can I call you Timothy? Call
1: you Tom? That's four, baby. Four. Um, but I do appreciate that Galadriel like uses a mushroom on her horse to make the horse go faster. What she gives like a little prayer. She she gives the horse like a mushroom, a like Mario Kart, and then the horse goes faster. Oh, I... You don't remember this? No, I oh, missed man. this completely. Like, so, what? She's running through the woods, and she, like, peers over to her horse and, like, whispers some, like, elvish cool thing to the horse, and then it makes the horse go faster. The horse goes in, like, a faster sprint after doing it, and it just reminded me of, like, putting out a mushroom in Mario Kart.
0: Oh, I... No, I don't think I <laughs> caught this at all. But she didn't actually oh, feed no. the horse something. You're saying she just talked <laughs> to the horse.
1: It was a metaphorical mushroom. Okay, right. metaphorical mushroom.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm a. Galadriel leaned into that horse's ear and was like, hey, dummy, we're trying to catch that other horse. Uh, Or she said something like really cool and elvish, which was like, the wind moves at the swiftest of. I don't know. I didn't. I'm not a rider. Halbrand comes in from the opposite direction, which is how directions work, and (laughs) trips the horse. Uh, in this cool scene, uh, that they show, they show, oh, there's a lot of like sliding out of your saddle while riding a horse. That's like the epitome Mm -hmm. of like, they're like, Hey, you're a leader and a warrior. If you could do these cool horse trick things. Um, so he trips the horse and the show does a, does like, I feel like this is like a note from the studio. They're like, Hey, you have to show that horse, get up and be fine. Even though it was going 800 miles an hour. And we tripped it, no broken bones, <laughs> no nothing. Even if it's an evil horse, we got to see that horse get up because people are going to be upset, uh, which is yeah, definitely is not, ad. what's the ad?
1: This was an, an ad from PETA. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. You hurt no horse. Which,
0: yeah, definitely not the same philosophy of Braveheart where Braveheart was like, hey, let's show <laughs> how many horses we can stab in the chest with spears. Um, which those of you that love horses, go rewatch Braveheart. It'll hurt you. Halbrand knows Adar. Adar doesn't seem to remember him. I didn't know if this was a game that no, it wasn't, because later on Adar's like, Who are you? And Halbrand stops mm-hmm. and then's like turns and goes, She drowned, and then he walks out. And <laughs> Adar's like, I don't think why is everyone ending conversations by saying she drowned? That doesn't make any sense. Um Galadriel spares Adar because Halbrand's about to run him through um Mm. and gladriel's like stop you can't uh you can't quench your thirst with seawater and halbrand's like what are you talking about i'm not even thirsty the horse (laughs) i rode on a horse i didn't run here um anyways he doesn't call
1: back to the earlier right didn't she say that when they were having their thing about like vengeance and back and forth all that stuff sure um but i think so adar kind of says like did i cause someone you love pain and then he says like is it a woman is it a child? And I think they're, they're trying to make us think that, like, yes, Halbrand lost his family kind of a thing. But I think this is all just MacGuffins. Like, to me, this is just who Halbrand lost here is Morgoth and, like, the evil. Like, this episode, I think, specifically for me, is just continuing to push the train that um, Halbrand is truly Sauron. Okay. And that's why he's mad at this guy. Because, you know, he gives this little speech later that he killed Sauron, um, but maybe he killed, like the idea of him or made him go back into hiding or whatever it was. But I, I feel like this is definitely a push towards that direction.
0: Sure. 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 Yeah. I, I, I I can see that. I don't know. I'm not gonna, I hate being wrong, so I'm not going to say who I think Sauron (laughs) is, but I do like that. Uh, when Adar's like, did I cause someone you love pain, like a woman or a child, Galadriel kind of like slides in and she's like, yeah, was there, is there a woman or was there a woman <laughs> or is that something, are you guys done? Do you is feel there dead? is
1: a romantic relationship with oh, them? I know they have a scene a little oh, bit later. But... Yeah, yeah, they're trying to
0: push us okay. to Haladriel uh, land, which is, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> did I do it right that time?
1: I like that actually, I like adding on brand, I feel like we should trademark it.
0: Wait. It is like a brand. Oh, Haladriel brand? Wait, what did I say? Well, you originally just said Haladriel,
1: which was a good, uh, you know, it's like their Benifer or Jennifer or what What was the Ben Affleck? I'm, un-
0: I'm unfamiliar with those names. <laughs> Never heard of them. Anyways, let's not digress into um, the Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez podcast that we started uh, <laughs> last week and have 75 <laughs> episodes of. You can check that out uh, by emailing us directly at teambingepodcast at gmail dot com. Just put the, the subject line Aflopez is that do you mix those parts of their names? I don't know. I think did. that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gladriel. Oh, We cut to Isildur's friends um, I'm going to call him Valendil Because I don't care And uh, Guantanamo <laughs> Or whatever his name is uh, They're like guess what Isildur Galadriel's taking out a special company To go hunt down orcs And I got us jobs there And Guantanamo's like Hey you know what I did enough stabbing for uh, a Lifetime so I'm going to I live here now I'm just going to stay with these villagers and live here <laughs> And you're like okay cool Otanamo, whatever your name is.
1: I kind of like that. Like, you know, not everybody has to be like a battle-hardened warrior kind of thing. Like, he was in battle and realized, like, this is too much. I can't handle this kind of a thing. So I kind of like what they did there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that they made him a deserter and a coward. That was great. Um, (laughs) I hope he has fun in that town. Anyways, uh, (laughs) I did it. All right, Galadriel and Adar (laughs) chat in a barn. Uh, It's kind of Mm -hmm. a, I mean, it's a cool scene. The two of them do a great job. There's a lot of interesting
1: cinematography, I think, in this sequence, too, where, like, the twisty cameras, like, everything is kind of shot at an angle, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm not sure exactly what they're going for. Maybe it's because they're doing the backstory. It's because of, I don't know, Adar's menacingness they need the cameras to be sideways but they right. don't do this kind of throughout in another adar stuff so but either way it looked kind of neat
0: yeah it's kind of neat and then they have like the light coming through the barn so you get like that filtered mm-hmm. light and shadow and yeah i think i don't know i think you're just supposed to be like they do some weird stuff here where you're either supposed to be like sympathetic towards adar or like understand where he's coming from galadriel starts talking about the uh U- uruk 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 I want to Look. say. The twisted elves that were taken by Morgoth, the first orcs. Um, I do appreciate Galadriel's not above waterboarding. She's like, listen, <laughs> Patriot Act. I can do whatever I want from you in order to get what I want. Um, and Sauron, oh, this is where we get the conversation where Adar's like, listen, Sauron was a little bit too extreme for me. Um, <laughs> he was hurting my babies, and so I killed him. And I was like, oh, okay. That's interesting. Problem solved. Yeah, we get show over. <laughs> Cancel episodes seven and eight. We're good, everyone. We got him. Mission accomplished. We get more- Put the banner up. <laughs> Patriot Act. Uh did I do it? Did I bring it around? Alright. Uh,
1: but yeah, this is where we get more of like orcs are not all bad, then like he's like the father to these orcs and all this jazz. And he kinda like lays out what Sauron's plan was, which is like the idea of like crafting power just not of the flesh, but over the flesh. Um, so it's interesting, because I, I think this is a lot of the backstory that we wanted to know more about. doesn't answer a lot of questions, but I think it helps point in certain directions.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just want to reiterate that during this conversation, Gladriel's awesome. She listens to his sad story <laughs> and like his humanizing story, and then she's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and I think, Tom, I think we need strong leaders. I think we need strong leaders like this in power that are not afraid to kill <laughs> sympathetic characters or just completely ignore their story and be like, I'm going to waterboard and then kill you. It was great. I loved it.
1: Well, okay. Here's my gripe with this sequence. Like, great. I, I love the way she set this up. She even, like, after he gives his speech, she does her bit and she's like, I'm going to kill your whole race, and I'm going to keep you alive, so that way you'll be the last one, and you'll see all the pain and suffering. And then he makes, like, one quippy line back at her, and then, boom, she's immediately going to kill him. And then Hallbren has to come in to, like, stop her from killing the same guy. It's just, like, it kind of makes all that speech that she just said completely meaningless when she's going to go ahead and just, oh, you said something mean to me. I'm going to stab you.
0: Sure, sure. But he does make a great comment where he's like, oh, I guess uh, the successor for Sauron was in your mirror or something like that. He makes the line like, Mm -hmm. if we were looking for a successor for him, we should look at you because you're evil. And then she's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not evil. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Haladriel and, oh, no, I don't have to say and because it's both of them. (laughs) Haladriel, talk by a stream. All important things happen in gardens or streams in this show. Mm -hmm. And they
1: kind of thank each other for, like, pulling each other back because they both had, you know, moments of weakness where they were going to murder this guy.
0: Yeah, they should have been like, wait, you wanted to murder him? I wanted to murder him. Let's go murder him together. And uh, (laughs) he has this, he's, like, fighting beside you. Galadriel was, like... Uh, it was it felt so good, and she's like, I felt it too, and I was like, Wait what, what do we the, the, we didn't even really see them fighting beside each other? I guess they they mm-hmm. went on a horse race together, but they came from opposite directions, <laughs> so they weren't riding together. uh is this love, Tom?
1: This, to me, is continuing to point towards Halbrand as Sauron um, because I feel like this is more manipulation than it is anything else. I feel like what we've, if you kind of go back and think about all the stuff that Galadriel's kind of said to Halbrand when they were in Numenor about, like, who's using who kind of stuff, um, what, you know, Adar just said about kind of crafting the power over flesh, um, I think that's kind of what he's doing. He's trying to manipulate Galadriel into um, kind of, being his like puppet if you will yeah i think at one point he even says i want to bind it to my very being like a la the ring like being able to bind his essence his soul and everything into this ring to be able to control them so um i think this is this is still pointing me towards a direction of Halbrand being secret sauron
0: okay here's my issue with that theory is Halbrand did not want to go on this trip he wanted to stay in numenor that's and, what he
1: told Galadriel. Like I feel like all of this has been manipulation.
0: Okay, here's my uh, allow me to to pull on this thread a bit. We mm-hmm. see him alone in a room where he does not want to go on the like he has the moment where he like he picks up his to- his token of like knight kingship. Yeah, his I'm sorry, his retainer. Um <laughs> his retainer that says he should be king. Like, he has that, like, struggle alone. So, like, if he was, like, faking it, I don't feel like the show should have a scene where the guy is, like, like, because the only person he's faking out in that scene is the audience. And that shouldn't be That's how shows point. work. But um, That's a fair point. You got uh, the after party right. So, uh, it's tough for me to argue <laughs> with Master Detective Thomas tom Timothy. i do feel though i think
1: i do think it's a good point but i feel like what we've seen in like the writing so far this season like it, i mean this could be a plot hole that they're just not picking up like it, when he does drop that little like retainer bag and then picks it up like i do feel that was when that guard kind of told him hey the queen wants to see you so you could argue there was another guy in that scene mm. and he's just kind of playing off like that he's struggling to make this decision but again I, I agree i think it's a it's a fair point but if he does end up being Sauron, maybe it's just more the lazy riding category than anything.
0: <laughs> we'll chalk it up to uh, incompetence <laughs> rather than malice, sure. Um, she, oh, we get to see the blade again. She's like, oh, remember this dagger that was in like the first <laughs> two episodes? A lot. Guess what? It's back.
1: Okay, and this is what kills me. Like, she was told by Aaron Deer, hey, go get this blade or this hilt. Or, he doesn't even say that. Go get that, like, bag or whatever that he has because it's very very important it's extremely important and you know they show us the hilts in this well which we know is not the hilt, but they show the bag that she kind of wipes her blade off of to continue to let us know that she has it why is she not looking at it like if this is that important why are they not seeing what the importance of it is like when she's all about you know the evil and all the stuff going on it would make perfect sense for her to peek and look at this and have her be like the one that has the reveal as opposed to passing it off between like five more characters before we get
0: it sure sure i don't know i guess the assumption is it's uh you know it's like mail uh it's a federal crime in order to open someone's someone's mail (laughs) Uh, Unless you have the Patriot Act on your side, which she probably should (laughs) have shouted Patriot Act and opened it. What I thought they were going to do, because I was dumb, is I thought she was going to wipe the blood off her off her dagger, and then it was going to like seep in um, to the hilt. But it wasn't the hilt, so that doesn't make any sense. Uh, What does make?
1: Can you draw the conclusion that it doesn't work with orc blood? Because like. Nobody else has used it, but humans that have red blood flowing through it.
0: That's fair. I think she has some elf blood on that dagger, though, because that's what she held to Adar's throat. Yeah, he yeah. Clearly yeah. has a. Mm. Um, I don't. Anyways, it all but makes was, sense. Black. What's that? His was black,
1: though. his, oh, his, black, his, his blood, blood black. is black. Oh, because he's a first orc. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see blood color. Um, <laughs> what makes even more sense is they're having a town feast. Um, and I can only assume that the tables they've set up are propped up by dead bodies because they did not have <laughs> enough time to clean out, like, all the dead bodies in town because that stuff takes a while. So, like, if you look closely, the benches are just the bodies of orcs and humans. Um, <laughs> they're sitting on them. And they're like, oh, can you pass me the, and you got to move, like, a dead, dead arm out of the way to slide <laughs> the uh, flagon of ale over. I don't know um maybe they
1: just took all like the snakeskin armor off the orcs and then they like you know all the like vampire movies they just completely disintegrate yeah
0: that's fair that's fair um halbrand is anointed the king of the southlands everyone cheers um they don't know who this guy is they don't know if he's going to be a good king they don't know if he went to king school they don't know what his credentials are other than he tripped a horse so he hates horses um they're like the king that was promised like What if he's like, all right, um, as king, I am going to inact a lot of laws, all of you people that don't look like me. Like, what if he's like a super racist king? I don't know. We don't know anything about this guy, (laughs) but we seem to be cheering because he's handsome and he has king hair. I don't know.
1: The only thing can be, like, the brand that he has on his retainer bag, right? Like, because, you know, Bronwyn sees it, yeah, I'm with you. It seems silly that the rest of the crowd seemingly immediately sees it or maybe the scuttlebutt of them whispering to each other. Everybody knows. Like, that is the thing that ties this guy to his lordship. And I guess the um, pull of the queen that kind of says he is legit kind of a deal. But, yeah, yeah it's it's these people. Are, they need a leader.
0: They just met the queen today. <laughs> like, they don't even know. They don't even know that
1: she's queen. They're like, hey, look at but her uh, armor. Her the, armor is so cool. That
0: fish armor they're wearing over there uh yeah these sheep will just want to be led that's what it is they're just like (laughs) oh someone lead us and he's like all right guess what you all have to give me 25 percent of your income and they're like wait (laughs) what he's like hey you said i was king taxes all right promised you (laughs) i was promised uh they're like but his teeth are so straight from that retainer um, Erendir and Galadriel and Bronwyn, they have a moment here where I'm like, wait, is Galadriel and Erendir, are they a thing? Is this a love triangle? Is this the most... Um, it's just a
1: hopeless romantic in you. You see it everywhere. I see. I'm like,
0: Theo and Elendil and Otanimo, and uh, this love parallelogram. Um... <laughs> Galadriel gives the package, once again, to your point, without looking at it, she gives it to Aaron, dear. Um, It would be great if he had unwrapped it and it was a sandwich. He's like, oh, man, I'm so hungry. Thank you. It's a turkey footlong with olives and yellow peppers and jalapenos and mayo and some oil and vinegar. Uh, I had Subway recently on my trip, and uh, it was just incredible, so don't at me if subway is not something you don't like i don't care i love it um it was a whole <laughs> but i'm with long. you this is
1: again this this extra scene where Gladriel knows this is super important is handing it back to you know this other guy who knows it's super important and even like Aaron d'arc doesn't open this up he's been holding on to this thing Like, the shape of a hatchet versus the shape of this, like, really pointy hilt with all these things. He doesn't immediately know, oh, wait, the weight is wrong. Or, hey, this does not feel like what I should have in my hand. It's just... It's silly. It's super silly.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree. Theo gives this weird, like, uh, kind of ring of power. Like, when you use the ring, you're then drawn Mm -hmm. to the power type thing about the hilt. He's like, oh, I... When I had it, I I had this taste of power. um, and Aaron Deere's like, Well, here's a sandwich. And there's a lot of there's a lot of rid yourself of it advice where when Galadriel when and Halladriel I've messed it up now. When Galadriel and Halbrand are talking, she's like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but rid yourself of it. And that's like Mm -hmm. that's like some real good therapy. It's like, hey, stop being so sad. Just like (laughs) like I'd be an incredible therapist if that's all you had to say. Like, It's like, I don't care if your finger's broke. Rid yourself of the pain. You're fine. Rub some dirt on it. Drink some water. Take some Motrin. You're fine. Um, And this is the same one. He's like, Theo's sad and stepdad Aaron Deer's like, listen, first off, don't call me dad, but rid yourself of it. You're fine. Here's a sandwich wrapped around a hatchet. I don't know. He gives this teenager a really uh, evil weapon. He's like, "Hey, hey, responsible teenager with your wispy mustache, take this, uh, take this thing that's super powerful." Just irresponsible. All of these adults.
1: Yeah, to think that like, oh, we've got uh, Adar like trapped. We've stopped these orcs. Like, okay, this this big piece of ominous. Tech that I cannot destroy with a hammer because I'm the most powerful in the world. Uh, here you go, kid. You go throw it in a river somewhere. Kind of a deal. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh just, if you're smart, uh, give it silly,
0: give it to the Numenorians, They'll throw it in the sea. I'd be like, all right, that's fine.
1: However, I would at least argue that Theo finally has <laughs> so the with all to be like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. This this doesn't feel anything like that sword. Opens it up. Oh, it's a,
0: it's a hatchet. He's like, this is not what I ordered. There are olives on this. <laughs> Send it back. Um, finds out it's a hatchet. Yep. Oh, snap. We cut to Waldrig, who is slowly becoming my favorite character in the whole show. Um, he stabs, the, he bloodies the blade, then he turns out, turns out, Tom, it's a key. Oh, it's a key and a weapon, because, oh. uh, yeah, this show told us. So, yeah.
1: The key thing, man. The key is just it would have been cool if we find out this isn't a blade of Sauron. This is a key to do something else. And like Adar knew it and he told Wald- Waldrig about it. And that's what we see. Why we had to have a character in the previous episode say, Oh, this has got to be a key. It's just so incredibly frustrating because I think this would have been such a more powerful moment. If you realized that's what this blade was for, as opposed to being told about it in the previous episode. Yep.
0: Yep. They think we dumb. They think we dumb. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of dumb, actually, this was kind of cool. A dam opens that no one seems to know is there or is or how it operates. I don't know. Out of nowhere, this dam opens up. Water pours out. Um, but it's more important that we cut from there and we have a little father-son talk where Alan Deal and Asildur <laughs> are talking about emotional connections to horses and how the horses love their riders i don't know tom you're a horseman talk to me about this moment why it meant <laughs> Is there so much is there
1: lore in this is there lore in this by the way from lord of the rings about like horses being able to like sense their rider and establishing this unbreakable bond or is that just kind of a show thing
0: i i i'm gonna go with show thing but it could i mean it's not something that's like prevalent in lord of the rings
1: okay but it was funny because like I just recently rewatched the Avatar. I was one of the many that repaid the money to go see it in 3D again when they re-brought it back into theaters. But it, they definitely had the same concept here about creating this unbreakable bond with this you know beast or whatever. But it was a little bit less creepy because they didn't have the weird tentacle thing. And they had to connect to the horse.
0: Yeah, yeah. Way <laughs> to uh, way to quietly brag that you've got the rewatch Avatar in 3D money that you're just throwing around. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Rest of us over, over here. Trying to find water in the desert. You're going back to see Avatar another time. <laughs> Speaking of water in the desert, there are water explosions everywhere. That's the only way I can describe these. Mm-hmm. Water is exploding. <laughs> well, this is where we
1: get like the idea of what Adar and all the orcs were doing. They were building all these tunnels and stuff to be able to create this like chain reaction from the dam, which I think is kind of cool. And they eventually kind of cut to Adar, who's like, you know, still chained up to the post in the barn. Puts his ear to the floor to listen to the water go. Cool sequence. And then, like, kind of towards the end, it, like, once we get all this, you know, you know explosions and everything happening, it just cuts back to the barn and Adar's gone. So, apparently, Adar is, like, a magician, a Houdini as well. Sure. He can just get out of these chains, like, by himself. I thought that was kind of silly. I'm glad we're going to see more Adar and he's not going to be, like, a captive for much longer. But, again, super silly that he just vanished for, for no reason.
0: I disagree. I think the least surprising thing is that a guy that dresses has the hair of and looks like Adar has some sort of magician powers. He looks like David Blaine if David Blaine had long hair and looked like Adar. Um, Anyways, water meets magma. Magma creates Mount Doom, which blocks out the sun. And so my i guess i kind of i actually did like all this uh it creates udun which is the title of the episode which is apparently a valley in mm-hmm. uh mordor uh oh and then we get all the smoke and fire and gladriel man gladriel's reaction time on this real slow i guess she's just like <laughs> hey like anything i do here isn't going to work out so she's just like take me now, Lord, like, let the fire engulf me. Which, this was all really cool uh, in terms of looking, uh, but also Mm -hmm. maybe Galadriel. Galadriel's not even trying to help people. She's just like, listen, you guys are all dumb. We're going to, I mean, this is lava. (laughs) And now it was magma, now it's lava. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't have time to explain to you. And she's dead. Um, I'm interested to
1: see how they're going to do this in the next episode because we've seen from the trailers and everything that there's like a sequence where it's like just red everywhere and mm -hmm. she's covered in soot and ash and like it's going to be visually super neat. But there's nowhere these people could have gone to be able to survive like a wall of fiery magma. Like this, this isn't just smoke. This is this is death coming right at them and you can maybe have the argument that Galadriel can somehow survive it, but everybody else, I don't know how they're going to do it. Right. But super cool sequence. And I, I don't even know if I thought or saw this kind of coming with the idea of, Taking, and I, and I kind of did some research afterwards. Like the showrunner said, like, w- what you've mentioned when we did the rewatch of the Lord of the Rings movies is that a huge theme of Tolkien is like that environmentalism and like the way uh, machines and industrialization kind of destroys the land. So I thought it was a cool idea of taking what is this beautiful mountain in the background in these Southlands and then ultimately like using industry and everything to just destroy nature and make it, you know, create Mount Doom, create Mordor. Uh, the whole sequence was just super super cool and i did not see it coming
0: right well i think isn't the point here that he's creating so much smoke now that the orcs can live without like it's blocking out the sun is is that mm-hmm. not like what this master plan was it's funny they don't i don't feel like they explain everything else but this and maybe they will in other episodes but this mm. was my understanding of adar's master plan was hey if i dig all these tunnels i shoot water into magma it's going to erupt a volcano, which is then going to cloud this whole area so that the orcs can move freely during the day because uh, also they got rid of all the garlic.
1: <laughs> but that's a thing, right? In the movies, the like mordor mount doom like it's always covered in darkness right right? like that's that's a deal so yeah the idea that the magic is or the mountain is kind of magical in that sense where it just keeps everything kind of coated in in this darkness so that makes more sense with the previous sequence that he said later about the guy not being able to like enjoy sun anymore and blisters him give him one more blister before the sun gets blotted out
0: yeah that poor guy with his
1: I do I do so I had to look this up afterwards that there is actually some science involved in this with the idea of all this water kind of hitting magma to create this explosion. So I looked this up and I'm just kind of read it verbatim, but I think it's it's kind of cool. Um, so violent volcanic eruptions occur in large part because water is involved. The water is dissolved in the magma, the magma rises to the surface, the water makes bubbles that turn into steam, and the steam and the water expand so rapidly that they basically blow the magma apart. Uh, that stuff piles up near the center central vent and that what that's what makes a big volcano hmm. so i think it's kind of cool that they actually kind of did their research about how they can make a realistic volcano and didn't just kind of magic it um like they could have done in this world sure. so that was
0: that was kind of no yeah no that's interesting and I was sad that they cut out that scene where Adar is standing around the papier-mâché volcano and all the orcs are standing around him <laughs> and he's got a box of Arm and & Hammer and then he pours in the vinegar and then he's like, all right, guys, and then we're going to do the damp. No, it would be the other way. He puts all the Arm & Hammer. Um, are we allowed to talk about Arm & Hammer since that guy got canceled? Sauron and Hammer. But, um Sauron and Hammer. We dump all that baking soda into the papier-mâché volcano and the orcs are like, and, and he's like, wait, wait. And then he takes the vinegar and he pours it in. he's like, this is what's going to happen when we shove the key in. Um, and the orcs are like, nam, pot, nam, pat And then it bubbles out and everything smells like vinegar. So I was sad that they cut that scene because I feel like that would have tied this all together. But I did really like this episode. Um, I am interested to see... I don't know. I feel like everything very slowly worked its way up to an episode that was just all action, which... Mm -hmm. I'm not going to complain about now that we're here uh, but I'm interested to see what they do with 7 and 8 I guess uh, we'll find out very quickly since we're doing this episode uh, so much later Um, but I I did uh, this was my favorite episode by far
1: yeah, I agree. They did a lot of setup and it was a very, very slow, slow moving pace to get to here. But I think a lot of the stuff paid off. I do. I mean, we had a lot of criticism throughout this pod because I do think there's still some some kind of silly writing and moments that kind of go on. But overall, the story that they're telling, I, I still think is fun. There's still some fun mystery that we can kind of unravel. Um, and being done in the sixth episode, I think is unique. You figure a big battle kind of episode. These usually happen the penultimate one uh, to be able to set up what they want to do with their finale. So we still have two more Um, everything i've seen from like trailer i haven't watched trailers for it um but from like social media it sounds like episode seven is might be where they like reveal who the evil is oh really i wonder if we are going to get a sauron reveal yeah okay so
0: so we'll see i assumed we were going to go back to the harfoots uh since we didn't get any of them in this episode and it Mm -hmm. was just going to be like a really cool harfoot episode and then dwarves volcano erupting in the background Mm -hmm. um but no, I'm interested. I'm ready to watch the last two. Tom. This is the point in the podcast where uh, we thank you for joining us, uh, and also we talk about another piece of media that we have been enjoying enjoying. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, would Enjoy. you like to go first?
1: Yeah, I'll go first. Don't We've say I've watched many of this <laughs> novel's Avatar though was kind of fun. No, but a show that me and my wife absolutely love on Netflix that just recently came back for a couple additional episodes is Nailed It. Uh, It's a cake baking show (laughs) that makes people bake stuff that have no business baking and decorating things. And they have them try to do it in under like an hour when these things are probably actually like the legit ones that look beautiful or made in multiple hours. It is a blast. It is hilarious um couldn't recommend it more and the most recent ones they did were like tie-ins to netflix shows kind of had halloween vibes so give it a go you'll have a you'll have a great time
0: wonderful yeah I've, you've made me watch some of those episodes and it is uh, it is fun the hosts do they still do guests like judges
1: yeah, so hosted by Nicole Byer, but they usually have, like, comedians or other judges kind of come on. And this one, because they did, like, Netflix shows, they had stars from those Netflix shows come on. So I think one was from Cobra Kai, another was from the Umbrella Academy, so uh, a lot of fun.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I think the one you made me watch was with uh, Jason Manzoukas, which was a good time. Yes, Um fantastic. I would like to recommend... Uh, two Netflix comedy specials that maybe I've talked about before, but I don't remember. Uh, Nate Bargatze is a comedian. He's got like the greatest average American is one of his. And then I think the other one is the Tennessee kid. He is very funny. Um, It's, it's clean. uh, And it's just a lot of fun. I actually, the reason I'm bringing this up is uh, have been on a camping trip this week. And didn't have uh, obviously television, but was able to occasionally get podcasts. And realized that he does a podcast called uh, the Nate Land Podcast, and it's very funny. Uh, it's a group of like three or four uh, southern comedians, and uh, <laughs> they uh, Nate Nate Bragatsky is um, super nice. Uh, and admittedly, I'm not trying to be mean. He is not. Um, <laughs> he's not. Uh, not the smartest is not the right way of putting this, but he, uh, whenever he's trying to read something <laughs> anyways, it's very funny. It's clean. It's a good time. Uh, give Nate Bargatze a go in one way or the other, either his podcast or, uh, his Netflix specials, which are a lot of fun. Um, nice. but if you have questions or comments, if you've got stuff you'd like for us to discuss as we go into the end of this season, Uh, You can reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Tom has the other social media stuff. We do enjoy those of you that engage. I I got shouted at, I think, on Twitter for not being around, um, which (laughs) I see those comments. I appreciate them. Um, But it is kind of nice to unwind and unplug, and that's what I got to do this week. So thank you for your patience. But, Tom, what are our other things that people can reach out to us on?
1: Yeah, reach us on Twitter at Team Binge, I'll carry on the conversation there, and then we also post occasionally on Instagram at Team Binge Podcast. So reach us there. Always fun time engaging with you guys, and uh, excited for the uh, last two here. Sure, it's, it's been a it's been a ride, but it's it's been an enjoyable ride.
0: Yeah, it has been, and as this one comes to a close, and I don't believe we're going to get Ted Lasso season three right away. Tom and I will be mm-hmm. searching for what's next. And so if you have ideas on that or you have a show you think that, uh, I think at this point you probably get Tom and I's, <laughs> Tom and I's uh, uh, what we like and what we don't like. He likes Avatar and I like Con Air. Uh, whatever you've got that's in the middle of those two things, <laughs> send it to us and we'll, uh, we'll give it a go. But we appreciate you listening. I have been Julian.
1: And I've been Tom. Until next time, everybody.